And we are live. Welcome to the Contagious Thoughts Podcast, where dreamt realities are lived and like-minded people share their thoughts. Why the name? Because thoughts filled with purpose are contagious. <laughs> this is actually the first interview I ever recorded outside of an episode I did with my wife. This actually was recorded about a year ago when I was still kind of figuring out my flow and figuring out my equipment. But the conversation was so rich that I really wanted to share it with you guys. Our guest today is a guy by the name of Nick. And Nick is the kind of guy where he will take a deep conversation and just go even deeper. If we were to use an analogy of like peeling away layers of an onion, right? Like the average person I talk to day to day will peel back like three layers of the onion when like diving deeper into a topic, right? But Nick, this guy peels it all the way back like to the core, you know, and he's not only able to get to the core or the root of something, but he also offers perspectives and insights that I didn't consider. And he's offering like deep, valuable insight. And he's the kind of guy where I feel like when he talks to regular people like me, <laughs> I can tell he's holding back like 80% of the things that he could say for the sake of not confusing me or going over my head, <laughs> you know? and. Most of all, not only is he a man who is full of perspective and insight, but he's a man that is full of love and compassion at the same time. He's actually helped me personally a ton. Uh, just helped me to keep my perspective uh, when I've gone through some pretty challenging transitions in my life. So uh, he's a good friend of mine, and I'm really excited for you guys to listen to the show. And I hope that you take away as much as I did. So without further ado, let's get into the show. So I just wanted to set the stage of where we're entering into this conversation at. You're going to hear me read a quote from a Rocky movie. And the reason I'm reading this quote is that we can explore the question of why we do what we do by diving into some of the details of this quote that I thought could create some pretty interesting discussion. So here we go. This is from uh, one of the Rocky movies, and, and here it goes. He says, ah, come on, Adrian. It's true. I was nobody, but that doesn't matter either, you know? Because I was thinking, it really don't matter if I lose this fight. It really don't matter if this guy opens up my head either, because all I want to do is go the distance. Nobody's ever gone the distance with Creed. And if I can go that distance, you see, and that bell rings and I'm still standing, I'm going to know for the first time in my life, see, that I weren't just another bum from the neighborhood. And every time I read that quote, I get like chills. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm the only one, but he's like, if, if I can go the distance, then I'll know I'm not a bum. And 
there's so much in this quote. <laughs> so let's just dive in, man. But but I, I guess I'm just, you know, in, in general, from a high level, I'm curious on just what your what your thoughts are about this quote. Um, and maybe a part two to that question is, can you relate to it? Oh, wow. Um, you know, it's interesting because when you said the quote, I started envisioning the movie that I saw yeah. when, I, when I was younger. And right when you got to the end, I, I actually got chills also. Um, mm. uh, and it, oh. it, it is, and, and I think there's so much there, but I think the thing that struck me this time was this, um, I want to do what nobody else has done. And somehow that's giving me validity or proof of my value. Interesting. And and uh, so so when I hear the question why we do what we do, I think it's a great question. And I th- but I think like I tend to get interested more in the why don't we do what we want to do? Mm. <laughs> because something is holding yeah. us back. If we're not doing certain things, like and I'm talking about like from a positive perspective, I want to do something great, but I don't do it. I want to be the way a certain way, and I don't do it. There's yeah. a reason why I don't, and that question fascinates me. But yeah, like, um, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, ask me something else to point me in a direction about that because I'm got a lot of thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Here. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I know you do, and and funny enough, uh, I know that you've been uh, doing some thinking on that, like thinking on why people set out to do things and don't accomplish that. And funny enough, that's actually one of the questions I had toward the end to be like, it's like kind of going in, in a different direction. But I was like, even if we just take our like we chat about that for 10 minutes and I just take that and play it for the listeners, like play that for the listeners and do a separate episode off of that. I might even do that. But um, but I am interested in your in your thoughts in that area. As far as the quote, what do you think that Rocky really meant by what he said? I guess there is this thing in us where we, ha- we have potential. Yeah. But sometimes I think we question, am I really good enough? Because I... You know, and, and I think it was a part of us that thrives on competition. And mm. but I think that there's also a narrative that can be out there and, and, and it's not always false either, whether it's in sports, you know, athletics or whatever, of this is what it means to be successful or this is what it means to to have value. So he's in this realm of being a boxer and there's this drive to to wanna not just be just average and possibly yeah. even in the rest of your life you because life hands you these these circumstances you might even feel like i'm nothing i'm not good yeah. at this i don't do what i want to do here but there's this one area that i'm good at or this one area where i have the potential and if i can succeed in this area somehow it will validate the rest of me um, so there's probably even a history there of people basically telling them you are a bum. You'll never amount to nothing. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's interesting. I was talking with my son recently and I kind of said to him, sometimes you're going to hear these thoughts in your head and you're going to think that they're your thoughts, but it's almost kind of like there's like an invisible liar <laughs> who's saying things. But if you don't realize that this invisible liar is there, you're going to actually think it's you. Interesting. We have a hard time accepting ourselves for who we are 
and in, in that probably forgiving ourselves. So we we need something that we can point to to give us proof that we have value. Hmm. And that's not everybody, but that's some people and maybe even a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you said something that I find very interesting. You said something on the lines of, if I can prove myself in this area here, it will validate the rest of me. And that that right there is so interesting to me. I'm really curious, why do we have this need or this desire to prove ourselves? Like, And, and, and I mean, prove ourselves to the world, to, to other people, or even specific people, a specific group of people, but also prove ourselves like to ourselves, you know? Yeah. I mean, one, I'm, I'm curious if, if you can personally relate, but then two, why do we have this itch or this need or this drive to like prove ourselves? I think we're conditioned to care about what other people think of us. We're conditioned... Yeah. And maybe there's even a need, right, to be part of a of a, any kind of social group, whether it's family or a neighborhood or whatever. But there's just this thing inside Make of it. us that um, we just care a lot about what people think, you know. And you kind of said to me, like, why do we do what we do? And I, I was thinking about it, and I kind of felt like I can say a bunch of things and then maybe be more specific on one or something. But I think we, yeah. we do things that we do because of fear. Hmm. Uh, sometimes we do what we do because of necessity. Mm. Approval was another one. Ability to accept ourselves. Yeah. And we also do what we do because of others' definition of what success is. Ooh. Okay. Then there's another side to it where we actually do what we do because we have a desire to accomplish something. And some of us, we, we do what we do because we love the challenge. It's good to have something to focus on. So it's not all negative. Yeah. But if it's right. lopsided or disproportionate, it can become really detrimental rather than something that's really good for you. So like I know for me, I just was kind of always growing up like, well, listen, if you don't have a college degree, right, then you're mm. not really a man. You know, you're not really uh, <clears throat> successful. And yeah. uh, I don't want to get into my life, but, uh, you know, I got kind of kicked out of high school <laughs> Um, uh, right at the end of my senior year and had to get my diploma elsewhere. And then I started college and yeah. then I just, you know, did computer work. And then I just kind of stepped out from, from there and I got certificates and not my degree. And for a long time, I kind of felt like it meant something less, like I was less than someone until uh. like, I realized that my experience and the things that I, I learned in life they were more valuable, not that I shouldn't get a degree, but that they were, they were just as valuable or even more valuable. And it's, it's very funny because my father, you know, in, in his life is a pretty successful guy. And he, he never finished fifth grade growing up in Sicily after World War II because he had to go to work. But, but I think that there's just a lot yeah. there, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. but I, you know, so, but the other, other, other people's definition of success is a huge thing. And then I think fear, which I kind of think is another reason why we don't do what we do. Right? Like, because mm. even just today, we spent like an hour of trying to fix a technical problem, right? So we should have been yeah. in and out. And I think that the reality <laughs> is much more difficult than the dream. 
The dream is, oh, I want to be successful. I want to accomplish this. The reality is, is there are challenges, there are problems, things don't go according to plan, and you need to learn and work through them, and it's very difficult. And I think that people that don't go through that experience of dealing with all the obstacles and challenges and learning from them and the setbacks, they don't grasp the same reward from accomplishment for people from people who who have it more easy but that yeah that difficultness of having to regroup and deal with failure and and say okay what am i going to do next like it actually teaches us something it gives us a different perspective on things that makes the next challenge seem doable it changes the reality of what's possible once you accomplish something that was difficult that's man that's that's crazy so you know what you mentioned about you know what as far as like what drives us what motivates us maybe we are in the driver's seat but maybe there's some of these things that's the backseat driver you know so to speak or the passenger seat driver that's really driving us to do certain things or affecting how we do things or why we do things. And a few of those things that you mentioned, you know, was you know, fear for one. Fear is <laughs> an excellent motivator. Excellent meaning uh maybe maybe excellent isn't the right word. I'm gonna say it's an effective motivator because I don't think it's always a good motivator. And I think that it can lead to different traumas and negative experiences mm-hmm. and negative effects, you know, but it's an effective motivator, which is why I think so many people use it. And unfortunately, it's uh, the only tool in some folks' toolbox (laughs) as far as how to motivate people to the detriment of those who are following them, so to speak. But it's, it's so effective. And part of it is because it's like a survival mechanism in us. If I see a bus, I'm crossing the street and I drop my phone, I bend over to pick it up and I see a bus coming at me, you know, at 35 miles an hour or 40 miles an hour. If I had no fear in me, I'd be like, ah, whatever. Let me just get my phone, take my time, and smack. <laughs> there goes Darwin. You know, uh, you know, and I don't want that. You know, but I have this fear mechanism that's like, oh, like crap, get out the street. You know, um, and it's like part of that sick survival. But, but I think that uh, having the awareness of when fear is taking uh, too much of a passenger seat driver, you know, kind of taking over too much, and like what level of fear as far as motivation is actually healthy, you know? Um, but then there's a whole list that you mentioned, like approval. I think we could have a whole episode on just <laughs> <laughs> approval, you know? Um, you know, uh, ability to accept ourselves. And then something that I think is pretty tied into approval, um, and it's others' definition of what success is. And I think that this is so interesting because when I think of myself and my desire to prove myself, and sometimes I like imagine or I play out like my quote unquote success in my head. And it's interesting that there's always like a a, a few reoccurring people that are in those Hmm. visions that I want to make sure see my success, Uh (laughs) you know? So I can't ignore the fact that my desire to prove myself, my desire to be successful is somehow connected to my desire for approval. But even, you know, 
the someone else's definition or vision of what success success is. Um, you know, uh, that that is uh, incredibly interesting. And I'll throw one more thing into the pot, and then I want your I want your thoughts on this. So I I think about our desire to prove ourselves, and I'll speak for myself. My desire to prove myself. Uh, my desire to feel valuable, to feel like I am something in the world, you know, and maybe it's ego. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but uh, and I think about that and how it's connected to kind of like the like the, the finiteness of my existence. Right. Like I am not just like here forever, you know. Like I have a beginning and an end, um, you know, but. I don't know if I am at peace with that. Like, I don't know if I'm at peace with the fact that like, yeah, like my life will end someday like everyone else's. And there's something in me that like is that's it, it, unsettling to exist and then just not exist, you know? Um, and, 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 you know, I'm not going to get into religion and spiritual and all the different beliefs of, you know, reincarnation versus do you go to heaven or hell versus do you just cease to exist? I'm not going to get into all that. Um, I'm not going to go down the wormhole or the rabbit hole. But I, I just wonder if there's something, and let me know your thoughts on this, something like maybe inherent in us that just desires to, I don't know, like, I'm not going to say like live forever, <laughs> you know, but like the desire to have, like, let's think about this, like our, like, we want to build a legacy, you know, like something that like lives on beyond us you know like having kids procreation grandkids passing down an inheritance something that is living beyond beyond us and maybe that's kind of like this uh desire internally to kind of like exist after we no longer exist um or to kind of go on forever or exist forever or live forever um and i don't know if that is just us wanting to you know kind of tie to like why we want to like be a part of things that are bigger than us like be a part of like a religion or faith or be a part of a movement um like you get what i'm saying well, like like I'm, I'm i'm curious if uh i'm curious like how how that comes into play in this in this in this conversation as far as like what could potentially be driving us wow okay so so much uh so much there. So I think um, I think there's a, a couple of things, and one of the things I was actually thinking about for the balance thing, and and this is for the Rocky quote, which is very interesting. And, and, and to be honest, it, it's kind of difficult because we're having this very wide, ambiguous conversation of like, why do we do what we do, right? It's we haven't even nailed right. it down to like, you know, why does somebody start a charity organization, or why does somebody want. Like, so I don't even know what we're just having this random conversation about stuff. But the thing about Rocky that's very, very interesting and maybe even very revealing is his goal in the conversation. He never says, like, I want to be the champion. Right. Which is a whole nother conversation. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, because if if I'm an Olympic athlete, right, or or if I'm training to be an athlete and I want to be the best version of me that I can possibly be. Then my goal is, is I feel like, hey, I can get better. I can learn more. I can be more physically, uh, you know, you know, obviously in shape. You know, I, I can just be ready, body, mind, soul, spirit, and the best version of me. I think I can win this. But 
Rocky, there's like a humility in his thing, and maybe it's a sign of his lack of worth, but he doesn't say, I mm. want to be world champion. He just says, I want to mm. go the distance. Mm. That, for me, yeah. is the accomplishment. To not quit. To stand up, you know, hell or high water, whatever this man throws at me, even if he cracks my skull open, to not be knocked down. And maybe that is actually very revealing about his life, you know, the character of the person in the story is, life has thrown me a bunch of stuff, but I'm not going to get knocked down. I'm not, and which, which is actually mm. probably something we could all really benefit from instead of, and I'm not saying we're not victims, because we are at times, but not holding on to the victim um, identity, not making that my identity, yeah. making that something that, that happened, yeah. but that's not my identity. I'm not the, it's not the victim is that my identity. It's the fact that I don't get knocked down. So I see that. And mm. so I think that there is also like this contentment that's there. And sometimes yeah. ambition, if it's not balanced properly, like there's not a contentment of saying, hey, listen, I tried my best. I gave 100%. I can look myself in the mirror and feel like, hey, man. I really gave it my all, and this is what came of it. And that's enough for me. When it comes to, like, mm -hmm. I have to be the best, that can get tricky for some people because you, you see people will, like, want to win at all costs, you know, and kind of cheat a little bit or whatever. I think that the balance is off. So I think that contentment, is really important just to say, I want to be the best version of me that I can be. And then as a dad, I, I didn't create kids to live forever. Like I create kids that want to be a dad, but yeah, I start to realize how dependent my wife and my kids are on me making better choices. And I never had this situation in my life where my actions impacted other people so intimately and so quickly. And now I have to look at that responsibility and say, okay, do I want to make these good choices because I love them and, and want them to have the best environment to grow up in? Rather than saying like, oh, um, my kids are another badge of pride for me. My son has to be the best athlete. My daughter has to be the best, you know, singer, you know, like, like, is it, is it, are they trophies? You know, like, in other words, like at one point you're an athlete and you want to be the object of glory. At some point you have to retire and you want to be the coach. And I think the best coaches are the ones that don't want to be in the spotlight, but truly want to help each player be the best version of themselves they can be. I think there, there has to be a level of contentment. Ambition without some form of contentment can be very dangerous. Um, and it may even be for the fact that because then we can't, 
we can't accept life on life's terms. Hmm. Wow. Ambition without contentment can be very dangerous. That is so interesting. And it actually, it kind of, it leads me to the question of like, like this whole thing of us, you know, striving to feel, well, just striving, period, <laughs> striving and fighting. Um, but underneath this kind of striving and fighting is this, this attempt, this strong push or attempt to feel valued, to feel, uh, or, or trying to validate our existence. Um, I guess I'm, I'm, my question is, is this, is this good? <laughs> is this bad? Or is it so something else? I try to not be, um, I try to not think in such, like, you know, dualistic terms, you know, is it this or is it that? Sometimes it's both or sometimes it's something else. Yeah. I, mean, I think, yeah. I think what's interesting when you said that is we step into someone else's category instead of like, like I've learned over the past five or six years to be much more of a yes and person Mm -hmm. rather than a a no but this or a yes but no to that because i think it's all it's all there and i think there is a message that in in the world there is a message in in a lot of religions at least in a lot of certain types of christian religions that basically says you're nothing you're terrible you're a sinner um and you're a mess and the only thing that gives you value Mm -hmm. is because of this Jesus story, and he came down, he died on the cross for you. And I'm a big Bible guy. Mm-hmm. If you know me, you know. Um, and, I, and I love, I love the concept <laughs> of, of it all. And I, and I think it's, I really think it's, it's a beautiful thing. But I think implementation of religion has been very detrimental because mm. there is this lack of be being able to accept the fact that just being human means I have good intentions. I have bad intentions. I have good intentions that I don't fulfill. I have bad intentions that I do, and then I have regret. And how do I accept yeah. the reality of that being human is, is this, let alone with tragedy and everything else. So in a sense, I think yeah. the concept of, like, of God for a lot of people, maybe when it first started out, could have even been just accepting reality. It's unpredictable. There's not really rhythm and rhyme. You know, bad people get away with things and good people don't. Yeah. I think the thing is, is I think we're not taught from a young age that our value does not come from our behavior and our success. Hmm. And our value comes from the fact that we exist. Something created hmm. us. And we can have conversations about whatever that, that is. But something chose sure. to create us, and we're here, and that gives us all equal value. And you have value. Mm. And once that happens, then I don't need someone else's approval to give me value. When I do things that I don't want to do, I can feel like, hey, I can face myself, forgive myself, accept myself for who I am, and work on it. And yeah. one of the things I think that be so, so we, we're operating inside of parameters that should not exist. And they create a very yeah. slave, um, I want to use that word carefully, like a mentality of we become a slave to 
being better, a slave to doing what's right, a yeah. slave to approval, rather than being yeah. able to just accept ourselves for who we are, but at the same time, own our mistakes. And, and, and doing yeah. the hard part of doing some inner work and analyzing why don't I do what I want to do? Or what is my real motivation for doing this? That's the hard work. But when you accept yeah. that, you become free because you're, okay, I'm, I've owned it. If I said something to my kids, it's not just enough that I just go to say, I'm really sorry for saying that daddy's tone was wrong. I should not have said that. Sometimes I got to go back and get a piece of paper and start thinking, okay, why did I really say that? What was it? What motivated me to do that? And then look at myself and I might just be like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm afraid. Or, oh my gosh, I'm just petty. Mm. Or, oh man, I'm imitating this. Yeah. And, and that's why it's easier to get my value from approval and accomplishment than it is to do the, the inner work to face the, the bravery of facing myself and looking at my shortcomings and just saying, yes, that's what it means to be me. What it means to be me is mm. this is where I fall short and these are my strengths and mm. I can accept myself, right? Because when, when, we, when we think of love and we think of finding the perfect partner, if we're really honest, Right, we put we we always want to put our best foot forward when we're starting a day. We want to look well. We want to you know, lose weight, dress nice. We want to do all that stuff because we want them to to like us. Because and that's good, right? You know, you should smell nice and stuff on a day, right? But but like <laughs> we, we want them because we're we're a little bit afraid that if they see the real us too early, hmm. that's going to turn them off. Hmm. But at some point, true. You want them to know the real you and be okay with not trying to, right? You hear this all the time, like relationships, like, you know, and I'm not just saying it's just women because men can do this. Is they want to change their partner. They're going to work on them. They want them to be different. instead of. And all we want is someone to accept us for who we are. Yeah. And I think it starts with being able to accept ourselves for who we are. And that doesn't mm -hmm. mean I give myself a yeah. free pass if I do something that's hurtful and destructive to somebody, but I can own it first and face it. And then be like, all right, this is not who I want to be. So like I end up trying to change, not because someone else is telling me I have to, but I end up wanting to change because that's who I want to be. Mm. Wow. No tangent. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> tangent all tangents welcome man all tangent this is a okay. tangent zone all right so tangents happen in okay. this zone here you know <laughs> and i mean so our value comes from who we are as a human being <laughs> not from the things that we accomplish or the things that we do um but just who we are as a human being you know, who we were, you know, created to be, whether that be, you know, uh, a spiritual being created us or whether that be, you know, um, some cells split or whatever and whatever, whatever, whatever you believe, <laughs> you know, I'm not getting, right, right, I'm not, exactly. I'm not going down the rabbit hole, you know, um, but, but who we are, like 
I think that we can agree on one thing and that that we are we are a part of the human race and we have value as human beings simply as people mm -hmm. but man does our society <laughs> teach us that our value comes from what we accomplish and what we do and what we build and so i feel like that is enough for me to to chew on well i hope you guys enjoyed this show you may find it odd that i didn't thank nick for being on the show but i actually stopped the interview there because we actually go into a completely different topic and that topic is going to be a completely separate episode that is going to be released uh on patreon for the contagious collective members uh and i do <laughs> thank him for being on the show uh, and with that Let's now get into the no regrets segment of the show. So before we get to the no regrets segment, just a couple of quick reminders. The first is stay tuned for next episode. Really excited about this one. And I'm always excited, but we're going to be diving into the question of what is holistic health? Starting and running a business in that industry we have a special guest, a holistic Indra, and we're also going to throw a couple of questions in there that just continue this series of why we do what we do. Also, very proud to announce we have our Valentine's Day merch lineup dropping soon. Please follow us on social media uh, so you can uh, stay tuned for when the official drop happens. Of course, the non-Valentine's Day merch is already officially up and on sale. Please check out the website. It's a great support for the podcast. Also, this is your official invitation into the Contagious Collective. What is the Contagious Collective, might you ask? Well, this is a VIP Patreon group where you have access to exclusive content, insight into my personal journey as an entrepreneur and creative on a journey to make my own dreams a reality. We also give you access to a Discord community where you're able to ask questions to myself and some of the guests who have come through the podcast. I think I already mentioned you get access to exclusive content uh, that's not released to the public uh, that I find to be pretty entertaining, pretty valuable. Sometimes it's just behind the scenes bloopers. You get a glimpse of what happens behind the scenes in the making of some of the podcasts. So $5 a month and get you access to everything I just mentioned. And did I mention as well that it is a great support for the podcast. Please follow us on social media for any updates about new releases and upcoming collabs. And with that, let's continue to transition over to the no regrets segment of this show. <laughs> The No Regrets segment of the show is where myself and the guests have a chance to listen to the entire episode and answer the following questions. Number one, is there anything you said that you regret saying, even if it's how you said something? And number two, is there anything that you did not say that you wish you did say? With that, let's dive in. So for me personally, I don't have any real regrets. I mean, aside from you know, listening to this like a year later after I, <laughs> after I, I originally recorded it, 
I am listening back and I'm I'm hearing how how just how much I've grown over the last year and how the way that I interview and the way that I go about asking questions and follow up questions has has changed. And so maybe there's some, you know, I I won't even call it a regret because I'm really big on giving grace and giving respect to my past self, which means if I put my heart and effort into recording something a year ago, there's always going to be growth as long as I live. Uh, And I'm always going to be refining and getting better. So I have to respect the work that my my past self did, you know. Uh, and so I don't, I'm not going to say it's a regret. Uh, although listening to it, I definitely took away a couple of things. I was like, oh, I could have done that differently, or you know, nitpicking my own stuff, you know, um, as well as me learning my equipment and mic discipline and all that kind of stuff. So um, mic discipline, for those who don't know, is just keeping the the mic at a consistent distance from your mouth so that the audio is level. And uh, I don't have an audio engineer um, or, you know, a producer. I am my own producer and audio engineer. So it's something that uh, really makes the the finished product, uh, you know, just sound better uh, for you guys. So for the listeners. So um, now when it comes to the second question, as far as anything that I did not say that I wish I did say, there was one part of the show where I wish that I asked Nick another follow-up question to the question that I that I asked. And I felt like he might have misunderstood the question that I asked. Uh, I was asking a question about having kids to sort of leave a legacy that lives beyond your existence on this earth. And I think he took it as people having kids to like live forever you know um and it wasn't so much living forever it was more so that your legacy would in a sense live forever <laughs> you know so but i wish i would have just clarified the question maybe asked it in a different way that um he could have um you know understood uh where i was coming from and you know given me an answer that was more specific to what I was trying to get at. So that's my only my only uh, regret there as far as what I did not say. And then for Nick, I asked him these questions and he gave me some responses. So I'll read the responses that he gave. Uh, so to the first question, as far as anything that he regretted saying, he said, not really, um, that he didn't really regret anything, but he said that there was a part of the show where he talked about a Rocky quote, and there was something along the lines of, like, come hell or high water, I won't get knocked down. And he just misspoke. He meant to say, come hell or high water, like, if he gets knocked down, that he won't stay down. So, in other words, if he gets knocked down, he'll get back up and keep fighting and, and whatnot. It's more of a, you know, perseverance. And the answer to number two, as far as anything that he didn't say and he he wished he did say, he had a couple of additional thoughts. And I think you guys will will appreciate this. So uh, I, I'm going to actually read this. Uh, I, I hate reading word for word and sounding robotic, but I'm going to read this word for word so I don't misquote anything that he said. Uh, so he said, not really, but I guess one reason we do what we do is sometimes we feel destined for greatness or destined for so much more than we currently are. And I'm not talking about fame and fortune. I mean, sometimes you just know. You just know, like, I have what it takes. I have something in me that I need to accomplish, something about me that I'm not only capable of, but possibly created for some greatness. 
meaning that there's something in you that you feel that's there where you're like, man, I feel like I was created for this or I was created to do something great. To, to leave this life with that piece of business unfinished is not only denying myself, but denying others and possibly the world of something that they need. So I felt like that was pretty profound. Uh, that might be a social media post, actually. I, I really appreciated that. But with that, hope you guys enjoyed the show, and I'll catch you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>